Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, WoodsideRanch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll find out what's going on in Florence County this month and we'll hear about the new outdoor news website and podcast options with Outdoor News Radio host Rob Dreesline. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and anytime at all, wherever you get our podcast on Lakelink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, and elsewhere as well. And joining us once again is Pat Hasberg. He's proprietor of DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Northport Drive in Madison. You can find him on the web at dsbait.com. And there are links there to everything he's up to, including his weekly fishing report post on his Facebook page, which is updated every Friday morning. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Always a pleasure, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, and a lot has changed weather-wise. It's been really hot, so I would imagine there have been some changes in the lakes as well. That's right. Water temps come up quite a bit, and uh, that's also got... You know, a lot of different fish species and a lot of different moods out here, so that turns the bluegills on and they're spawning in different areas, but it's also the bluegills that were spawning downstream on the chain here in Madison are finishing up. So depending on where you are in the chain, there can be really quite a difference in water temperature and fish activity. Is the bass spawn on or done? What's the status of that? Bass spawn is done. The smallmouth and, and largemouth just wrapped up here on uh, Lake Mendota, which is the most uppermost lake on the chain. So those fish are in a great mood right now. You got their post-spawn feed bag on, and the bite's been great actually all around the chain for bass. Well, good. What are people getting them on? Oh, a variety of things. Uh, a lot of plastics have been really good. And Ned Rigs still, even though Ned Rigs are, you know, kind of an, an early season thing, those have been great. Even cranks, uh, a lot of cranks have been good. So basically everything. Those fish are hungry, and they're chasing down whatever goes by them, basically. And the nice thing about bass is, yeah, exactly, they chase down anything that goes by them, basically. They're a user-friendly fish, for sure. That's right. So what about walleyes? Mendota being the most populous walleye lake here on the chain, uh, most of those fish are moving out a little bit deeper now, so they spent the spring up shallow when they were spawning, and then they sort of just gradually drift out. Right now they're being found on breaks near the shore, but soon they'll be moving out to mid-lake humps where they'll spend most of the summer. Uh huh. And when you say breaks, we're talking what, 15 to 20 feet, something like that? Yeah, yeah, where it shifts from shallow water into deep water somewhat abruptly are great spots to find the walleyes. They hang out a little deeper on a sunny day and a little shallower on a cloudy day. But then once the water starts to warm up more in midsummer, you're going to find them out on mid-lake humps a lot more. You can still find them shallow, and especially at night they move in shallow to feed. But um, if you're looking for them during the day, mid-lake humps are going to be the place to go. Yeah, the evening bite or the after-dark bite with floating crankbaits like uh, Rapala or uh, Thunderstick Junior, that kind of bait, that was a 
pretty successful technique a number of years ago. Are people still doing that? Absolutely, yeah. You know, any any kind of a floating like Rapala or Husky Jerk is my favorite lure to use out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a nice suspending uh, bait can be just killer walleye bait. Uh, fishing for them at night is, from shore is, uh, you know, a great pastime here in town and a lot of great places to do it. You hear anything from the musky anglers? Not so much yet. Uh, this weekend we do have the uh, PMTT in town, so oh, yeah. Lake Monona. That's right. Yeah, so that's a big event going on here. I'm not super involved with that as a shop, but uh, have had a few folks coming through, picking up a few things here and there. Um, but, of course, that's, that's a big deal in the muskie world. But as far as reports go, I haven't heard much. And, you know, Noah Humfeld, who's a fantastic local guide here in Madison, guides for muskie, and he um, he doesn't even start guiding musky trips until june so if that tells you anything about when those fish start to turn on it's usually june when it starts to get going and i just haven't personally heard much in the way of muskies just yet yeah okay how about trout fishing trout fishing's still great um i was out let's see not last weekend the other day but uh right now at least locally around madison here we've had a lot of great sulfur hatches coming off mostly in the evening so for folks who don't know sulfurs are um little uh, yellow mayflies, and they, they actually, I say little, but they can be quite big as far as um, mayflies go, and some of them are uh, brightly colored. Others are, you know, maybe it's more of a cream-colored mayfly, but trout love them, and they tend to come off in the evening when it's nice and pleasant to be out there on some of these warmer days. Mayfly hatches have been good in the evenings. Crane flies are coming off, uh, and of course, now that summer's in full swing, we're getting into the time of year when terrestrials are very popular, so right now it's ants, uh, beetles, are good crickets are going to be good here in a few weeks and then we move on to, into the glory days of hopper season which is my personal favorite time to be out fishing for trout yeah when they're looking for a big meal and uh, can find it in a grasshopper on the surface that's for sure it's absolutely your best time to get out and catch a big fish on a dry fly which is always a great time are the streams holding enough water with this drought well i'd say yes they are i, I feel like the aquifers are and they're pumping out enough water, but they are running low and they are running clear, which can make for some good fishing or challenging fishing, depending on, you know, if it's sunny, it can be a little challenging to sneak up on those fish, but the fish can definitely see what's going on and they can see flies on the surface. If you can sneak up on them and you can get a fly in front of them, they're easy to see those flies, but the water is clear. It is running a little low, but uh, I don't think it's at any kind of a crisis level yet. Well, that's good. Well, back to the lakes before we wrap up. Now, I've heard a number of reports about a lot of algae blooms already this year. What do you know about that? Well, yeah, it's been a problem plaguing Madison here for for a long time. But, yes, definitely had some early blooms here in town. Even in early May, to have some of the blooms that we had coming off was quite a surprise for a lot of folks. And it's kind of a combination of hot weather, sunny days, and no rain. So rain kind of helps flush things out a little bit, and we haven't had a lot of rain, and we've had a lot of sun, and that water is just, you know, kind of sitting there, and it's ripe conditions for an algae bloom. They're gross, and they aren't fun to fish in. It can definitely affect the fishing, but folks are still getting fish. But between the algae blooms, and then we have filamentous algae, which is kind of that gunky green stuff that can get on your hooks and then we also have a problem with a lot of floating weeds just kind of hanging around it's all making fishing difficult in some spots but you know it really depends on what side of the lake you're on which way the wind's blowing it kind of blows that stuff around so you could be on one end of the lake and it's pea soup green and you can be on the other end of the lake and it's crystal clear 
Uh, what we really need is a good thunderstorm to come through and flush out things, you know, get some big waves to push some of that floating vegetation up on the shore and move that out. But right now, it can be tough in spots, but the fishing is still great around town. Are the bluegills suspended on Monona yet? They typically suspend over deep water there in the summer. Not yet. They're still on beds over on Monona. They're very active right now over there, and a lot of lot of nice fish being caught. They will start to move out once they're done spawning. They'll sort of hang out in like a post-spawn zone of maybe like 10 to 15 feet of water and just sort of get their energy back up. And then usually around the 4th of July, they start to move out, you know, over the deep water and suspend out there. Yep. All right. Well, before we let you go, Pat, your hours for summer? We are open 6 to 6 every day, but closed at 5 on Sundays. Open every day and uh, having a lot of traffic through the shop and uh, happy to get folks out on the water. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that report. We will talk to you again in a few weeks probably. Thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure. All right. Pat Hasberg with the Madison Report. His shop is on Northport Drive, DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop. You can also find him online at dsbait.com. And be sure to check out his Facebook page for a Friday morning update on what's going on on the Madison Area Lakes. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in southeast Wisconsin. Michael Hupe is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. 
Well, joining us now from somewhere on the road in central Wisconsin, Jeff Kelm and his son, Robert. Well, Jeff, what are you up to today? Well, we're always moving. We're headed over to central Wisconsin BMX. It's the local racetrack for Robert to run a race here this week. In between fishing tournaments, we take off the Mercury Nationals tomorrow morning and start that event up here for the weekend. So how has Robert been doing with his BMX racing this summer? You know, he's, he's always growing and improving. Uh, we've actually got a new bike coming. Uh, he's kind of outgrown the bike that we've got him on now, and so we've upgraded the frame size a little bit. But we've made some improvement on the current bike and see if he can keep up with the class of racers that he's competing against each and every week. Great. Good luck to him, and we'll follow his progress, I'm sure. Last weekend, you were at a several-day tournament, the National Team Championship, right? Yep, Bass Pro Shots Cabela's National Team Championship out of Marinette, Wisconsin. And that was a lot of fun. It's always fun because these anglers come from Washington, New York, Texas, Arkansas, all, all over the place for this National Team Championship every year. And, and this year, some local anglers to the area one, Scott Roloff and Lance Bussey from Watertown and Freedom, Wisconsin. They had 105 pounds of walleyes over three days of fishing. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. They're making 70-mile one-way runs all the way up into Big Bay to Knock. It paid off for them. We had a camera crew follow them the last day, and we have captured some great footage of uh, them capturing some really nice fish. And obviously, to catch 105 pounds in three days is quite stellar. I mean, you're talking a seven-pound average. It's a healthy fishery, and we just had a lot of fun being there. Well, it sounds good. Now, did they walk away with it, or was it close at the end? They walked away with it. Second place had 84 pounds. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They blew everyone out of the water. And for their efforts, they won a $25,000 check, an $8,000 check for being Ranger Cup bonus, and a brand-new Ranger 620 with a Mercury 250 Pro XS. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. And that will pay for a lot of gas that they burned running to Beta Knockin' back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where the 8000 went. That's what they said. That, that'll just pay their gas bill for the week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Walleye weekend in Fond du Lac this weekend, and you're there for the Merck Nationals, right? Yeah, Merck Nationals this weekend. I think it's 289 teams, I believe, is what we've got for this event. It's always a unique event to be put on over the walleye weekend. It's fun down on Oven Island to just see everything. And this is a unique one for me, Dan. I'm not the tournament director. I just get a chance to run on the release boat and chit-chat with all the anglers as I drive through, releasing fish back in Lake Winnebago each afternoon, and it's a lot of fun for me. It's, it's kind of a vacation weekend for me, I guess, if, if there was such a thing at a fishing tournament. Well, a little bit of a break at any rate. Yeah. And then you've got two more weekends of tournaments, <laughs> I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, headed to Lorain, Ohio next week for a Masters Walleye Circuit on Lake Erie. And then we're headed over to South Dakota, Hickstown, South Dakota, on Lake Francis Case, second to last week of June. And then we'll have Fourth of July weekend off, and then we get to start it all up again. Wow. All right. Well, I guess we'll be recording your part of the show this way for the next few weeks, as we've been doing it for two weeks. It works. At any rate, we'll get you back in front of your home mic eventually here, maybe around the 4th or afterwards. Yeah, sounds good, yeah. Well, I was having fun this week. Dave Roll and I, our videographer for the Deer Hunt Show, joined a DNR crew headed up by Scott Repke, who is the wildlife supervisor at Black River Falls, and Christina Kizuski, who is a biologist there, 
and they were collaring elk calves. And we actually saw two, got our hands on two, put collars on them, a female that weighed about 38 pounds, which is not bad for a three-day-old animal, and a young bull that was 45 pounds, and I think he was two or three days old as well. It was really something to be out there in the field with probably a dozen or 15 people spread out, kind of like a deer drive, walking through the woods where you could see each other only about 10 yards apart at the most. And two people down from me, a guy spotted this elk calf. It was under a blowdown in some brush, and we were able to surround it, and Scott Repke got his hand on it to hold it down, and they processed it in a matter of about 10 minutes. They put a blindfold on it. They put a pit tag in it, and you know what that is. They, you use them on, on, in muskies. You and your Fred Todd do that. They weighed it and, of course, determined the sex and put a collar on that will have a GPS signal to let them know where it is and how it does. And they're hoping that it will keep that collar for a year, and then the collar falls off and gives a mortality signal, and, you know, they go pick it up and start all over again. I think they've got 12 collars. They're aiming for 15, so I'm pretty sure they'll make that. Gotcha. Well, sounds fun. Yeah, that was an exciting day, and we will feature some aspect of what we did on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin show coming up in the fall. And I've been dealing with a raccoon problem on the farm. It just seems to happen about every year. We had a raccoon kill one of our chickens, and I set some traps, and caught three so far, one of them in the middle of the afternoon, so with chickens running all around, I'm surprised that it was out and about, but I guess it was hungry, yeah, and we're eating them, of course, they're uh, they're good eating, it's their young ones, and two of them for sure were probably yearlings, you know. My goodness, I rescued a snapping turtle trying to cross the four lane on the Minnesota side of the bridge to La Crosse. Uh, on the Mississippi, not, oops, I just pulled a tick out of my hair. I wonder what that was. Got to do that <laughs> check, yeah. That's one of the benefits of spending a day in the woods with the elk biologist, I'll, I'll tell you. And, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to see wildlife and to uh, interact with wildlife. And you know, and uh, listeners know, I'm going to Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods again in September. We've still got a couple of openings in that trip, so folks, if you're interested, go to blackisland.com and look for the Trips tab, pull it down, and find my name, and you'll have all the details there. Well, Jeff, I'm going to let you go. You and Robert, go on to your uh, biking event and have a great event at Walleye Weekend, and I'll finish the show on my own and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week sounds great Dan thank you you bet well coming up folks Outdoor News Radio host Rob Dreesline talks about the features of the new OutdoorNews.com website and he also has some news for Minnesota bow hunters crossbows are going to be legal now this year coming up and Eric Prince invites listeners to explore Florence County Wisconsin this summer lots going on there all that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 
Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Florence County, Wisconsin invites you to explore thousands of acres of county, state, and national forest lands, plus wild rivers, ATV, UTV trails, and much more. You can learn all about the opportunities there at exploreflorencecounty.com. And joining us now, once again, is the Director of Florence County Economic Development, Eric Prince. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hey, thanks, Dan. Always good to talk to you. What's new up there in Florence County? Well, you know what? Since the last time we talked, um, you know, we were complaining about all the water because of the runoff and the, the melting that happened. Yeah. But i got to tell you, a month, month later, we wish we could get a drop of rain. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's really, really dry here. People are complaining that they don't want to cut their lawns, and my lake is down quite a bit. So, you know, we're hoping for a little bit of rain in the forecast here. The weather's been beautiful, but it's just so dry, you know. But I imagine people have been visiting you with the nice weather. It's been great. We had a lot of traffic on Memorial Day weekend, especially. I mean, there were a lot of dust clouds coming off the trails. I mean, there was a lot of ATV, UTV traffic. We have a lot of people in town visiting our trails. They're eating and drinking and seeing the local vendors and, and businesses. So it's been a pretty good couple of weeks. Well, great. This will air on Saturday. Most people will hear it Saturday the 10th, and you got an event going on on Saturday, right? We do. We do. With the Blue Ox Trail Riders is an organization that takes care of all of our trails, and they do a phenomenal job. That's why we're like the best trails in the state. They have an open house from 11 to 6, and it's at the Groomer Maintenance Garage, which is at the Florence County Fairgrounds, on Highway N in Florence, right outside of downtown Florence. They're having food and drink from roughly noon to five. 
and then they have a drawing. They have a raffle that's been going on for the past few months at 4 o'clock, and the first prize is a Polaris Razor. Wow. And then they have a bunch of other prizes, but I sure would like to win the, the UTV. It's pretty sweet. And then in regards to trail riding and that, on June 17th, the following Saturday, we actually have the Wisconsin ATV Association that will be here at the corner of Highway 70 and Route 2 at our resource center or visitor center in Florence. And they're going to be here from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. And they're going to have all sorts of information on trail rules, riding tips, advice, you know, that kind of stuff. They're out promoting safe riding. We want people to be out there, respect each other, respect the trails, be safe. Blue Ox, they do a great job with the trail system, and we want everybody to just have fun and enjoy what we have here. Yes, and Randy Harden is a friend of mine. He is the founder, and I think he's still president of the Wisconsin ATV Association. He was instrumental in getting a lot of those trails established and in getting new legislation that allowed the side-by-sides, the UTVs, to use the trails now. Yeah, Randy was up here for a Blue Ox Trail Riders meeting in the fall, and we were talking about, you know, safety, and they have a program, the Ambassador Program. Oh, yeah. So people are are looking to become ambassadors, you know, because we do need security out there. We have 160-plus miles of trails, and we may not have that many officers, you know, Florence County sheriffs that that are going to be out there on the trail. So you have to have other sets of eyes out there and, and people that really care about the area. Well, great. If Randy's there, be sure to say hello for me because uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. I absolutely will. And then Father's Day, have you got anything special or is it just uh, a great place to spend the weekend if uh, you want to take Dad on a camping trip or hiking? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to come up here, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of specials at many of the restaurants and taverns around town. Maybe it's a great day to take them fishing on one of our 250-plus named lakes. Maybe it's a, a great time to go out on the UTV ATV trail, and perhaps you won the razor from the Blue Arch Trail Riders event on the 10th. There's a lot of great things that you can do up here. I mean, we talk about it. We have seven waterfalls. You can camp. There's hiking. There's fishing. We have a disc golf course. I just found out earlier this week that there's probably a couple of tournaments that are going to be coming up. I'll share dates on those. That happens all at the Kai's Peak ski area, the, the, the whole recreational area. So plenty to do. Get that outside and come up and enjoy Florence County. All right. And you've got a couple events coming up in July. You can mention them now, but we'll probably talk about them again in our next conversation. Yeah, absolutely. The big one for me, I love the camel, the kids and mentors outdoors. They always do such a great job. They have a Kids Hooked on Fishing, which is coming up on July 8th, rain or shine. Register from at 8.30, go fishing from 9 to noon, and then there's going to be lunch and prizes from noon to 1. It's a catch and release event. It happens at Lake Emily Park. Poles, baits, life jackets, that's all provided. The mentors do such a great job, and the kids have a great time. You just hope that the weather is great, but it's open to all kids ages 5 to 15. So uh, if you're in the Florence area, come on over to Lake Emily and enjoy the camel event. That's July 8th, and then the following weekend on July 15th, Big Four Plus Annual Sportsman's Club Members Picnic. So there's a lot to this. I would just say there's a lot of raffles. An annual membership is 30 bucks. Family membership is 50 bucks. But I got to tell you, when they do these events, there are so many giveaways. You're going to make that back. There's Weatherbees. There's crossbows. There's a Mossberg 20 gauge. There's St. Croix fishing rods that you can win. They do such a great job with these events, and they happen down in Long Lake, which is an absolutely beautiful area with the cabins, the beach, and everything they got going on down there. So go to exploreflorencecounty.com 
And, you, you know, I, I posted it there. You can take a look. You can look at our Facebook page, or you can Google Big Four Plus Annual Sportsman's Club Members Picnic, and you'll get to the information. But it's, they're really good events that they put on. Now, besides these organized events, you have opportunities for people to just come up and explore the area, camp and fish, and just have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about this before, but now we're right in the thick of it, and people are actually making their way up here. But boat landing stickers are available for, for an annual purchase of 25 bucks, or if you're at one of the landings, it's $3 for the day. We have four pavilions that are located throughout the county at West Bass Lake Park, Lake Emily, Kai's Lake and the Tipler ATV Trailhead, you can reserve the pavilions for $25 for the day. And then we have the ski lodge for a wedding or other parties that you can rent. But if you have any questions in regards to any of the parks and forestry-related kind of things, you can always call the Forestry and Parks, which is 715-528-3207. That's 715-528-3207. And then if anybody has questions about any of these events or anything in particular and they can't get through the park to forestry parks or whatever, just call me. I'm at 715-528-3294. That's 715-528-3294. All right. Well, Eric, what's the situation now for reserving sites at your campgrounds? Historically, it's always been first come, first serve. And we had a couple of campgrounds that we were looking to do the online registration. And over the last couple of months, I've been talking that it's coming in mid-May, maybe June. Unfortunately, I found out this morning that there's a delay. It will be available up and running fully by January 1st of 2024. So for the remainder of this year, we're going to just continue as it has been with a first-come, first-serve. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for this report. Lots going on, lots of opportunities to get outside and have fun up in Florence County, and we will talk to you again in July. Sounds fantastic. Thanks a lot, Dan. You bet. Eric Prince is the Director of Florence County Economic Development. You can learn all about what we've talked about here at exploreflorencecounty.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you've been paying attention the last few months, you know we're partnering with our sister program that originates in Minnesota, Outdoor News Radio. And that show is archived and available as a podcast on the OutdoorNews.com website, along with the show you're listening to right now and a couple more outdoor shows. And joining us to talk about the new Outdoor News website, the podcast, and more is Rob Dreeslein. Rob is the host of Outdoor News Radio and the managing editor of the Outdoor News Publications. And you've heard him a couple of times on the show because he's been the guest host in a couple of interviews. And now he's the guest. So, Rob, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Yes, you are, and you're just across the river in the Twin Cities now and doing a great job with Outdoor News and all the publications that we have. Now, 
We just wrapped up a three-month promotion of the new website, and we'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk about the publications first. It all started way back when with Jim Peterson and the original Outdoor News in Minnesota. When did that all start? Got going in the late 1960s, 1967, 1968. Yeah, Jimmy had worked at the Star Tribune, and uh, the story goes they got crossways with the editor, a guy named Sid Hartman, who actually just passed away here a couple of years ago, who was another local legend. And suppose the story goes that, Jimmy, I'm going to put you on the golf beat. And Jimmy said, no, you're not. I quit. And he walked. Uh, he was the outdoors writer, and he walked. And so he went and he started Outdoor News, and Jimmy was a good outdoors writer, maybe not the greatest businessman, and it, and it kind of floundered along. It did okay for about 20 years, and then uh, the previous publisher, Glenn Meyer, bought it, and that's when a lot of like the treaty rights issues got going, and I think that really helped circulation and build credibility with Outdoor News, and Glenn gradually expanded it. He hired me, and we expanded it into seven other states, six other states, so we're in seven total, and Glenn, he left a couple years ago. Uh, myself and another gentleman now own Outdoor News, and we're uh, trying to expand it digitally into other states. We launched Iowa Outdoor News earlier this year. All right. Well, that is a quick summary, a quick history, and we'll get to some of that digital stuff in just a minute. But you are still a weekly publication in Minnesota, right? Correct. Yeah, the print version comes out every week here in Minnesota, 52 weeks per year. In all the other states, we come out every other week, 26 times per year, including Wisconsin. Now, our website, which we revamped, and, and you alluded to that, it's a brand new website that we launched earlier this year. We're updating that every day with content. So really, for all intents and purposes, we're competing with daily newspapers via our website. How many employees are there now at Outdoor News? I think about 25 full-timers, several part-timers, and then dozens and dozens of freelance writers who contribute to the publications. Yeah. Well, in the age when many print publications are shrinking or disappearing in favor of digital news, how has Outdoor News managed to survive as a paper paper and, and thrive? Yeah, I think part of it is the culture of the audience. People, it's the sort of thing they like to bring to the cabin, maybe where they don't have digital access. You know, I talk to a lot of folks of all ages. You know, it's easy to say, well, it's a lot of old guys. You know, it's a lot of old license holders who they don't understand how to use the Internet. It's some of that. But I talk to a lot of young guys in their late 20s and their 30s. They're like, I love that print publication. I love taking it on the boat. I love taking it to the cabin. I enjoy it in the morning, reading it over a cup of coffee. It's there every week. It's reliable. And i tell you what, Dan, it all comes back to, and I tell my editors this all the time, providing information that those readers can't find anywhere else. Yep. They can't just go on the Internet and find a story about a new regulation or the process behind that regulation. So yeah, I emphasize the, the term process news. That's what we do here. That's what we do well. We, we cover things that no one else covers. There's an audience for that, and if they want it, they're going to have to buy Outdoor News, either the print version or all the content now is on the website behind a paywall. They can access it that way, too. And they are accessing it for sure. And you mentioned people saying, we can't get this news anywhere else. You know, when I was editor of the Wisconsin Outdoor News many years ago, I had a number of DNR employees come up to me at various events and say, you know, we learn about what's going on in our agency by reading your paper. And that was before the Internet when the offices uh, weren't in communication so much. But you know, we brought them their news, basically, and you're still yeah. doing that. Oh, I, I hear that all the time from resource agency people in Minnesota, Wisconsin, across the country, that we're kind of the house organ for a lot of natural resource agencies, you know, certainly in the Great Lakes region. 
Well, let's talk about some of the headlines that you're focusing on right now. You mentioned that there are some new legislation in Minnesota and some things you'd like to share with our listeners. Yeah, we just wrapped up a really epic legislative session over here in Minnesota. We're one of the only states in the country that I think Democrats ran the House, the Senate, and they have the governor's office, and they had veto-proof majorities or majorities enough to, you know, to prevent the, the, the Republicans from stopping them from doing what they wanted, and, and a lot of things happened, a lot of things passed, and some of it you know, we're not real thrilled with, uh, and then there's other things that we're pretty darn happy. You know, most of the time, after a legislative session, I always write a column, Dan, where I say, gridlock, nothing got done. Well, I couldn't do that this year. Uh, uh-huh. A lot happened. Maybe not everything that I liked, but uh, there were a fair number of good things that happened also. For one thing, we're now a crossbow state. I know Wisconsin has had that for a number of years with its archery season, yes. uh, allowing crossbows. And that's always been controversial, but it definitely is in place here now. And, and uh, this fall, hunters can get out and use a crossbow starting with the beginning of the archery season. And an interesting little side note on that is one of the demographics that I think helped push that over the top was our Southeast Asian population here. A lot of Laotian immigrants who've been here now for 40 or 50 years, they've been here a long time. Yeah. They love hunting. They love fishing. And one of their traditional tools was a crossbow, and they're a crossbow advocate. So a lot of the authors on the legislation that passed this year to make crossbows legalized, those authors were of Southeast Asian descent. So kind of interesting. Yes, it is interesting. And I think you'll find the controversy is not over because we still have people here in Wisconsin, as you know, who say, oh, the crossbow, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a rifle with an arrow and you can shoot it 100 yards. And, of course, we know that's not true, but those <laughs> myths continue. Yeah, in the mid-90s, before I was at Outdoor News, I worked for an archery title, Bowhunting World, for Mike Stramlin. And, and that was back in the days when they, the archery purists were really, really against crossbows. And there's still some of those guys out there. Oh, so yeah. I kind of had that in my blood for a lot of years, but I, I don't know, Dan, somewhere here in the past couple of years, it was just like, you know, this is a tsunami, get out of the way, we're just going to have to accept crossbows are, are part of the regular archery season. And I don't have a problem with them at all. I own both a crossbow and a compound, and I can shoot the compound still at my age, but I prefer to hunt with the crossbow, and I think it offers young people, girls, women, people of my generation who maybe can't draw a bow anymore, somebody with an injury, the opportunity to be basically on equal ground with an archer. For years, we allowed it for people age 60 and older, and mm-hmm. my dad took advantage of that, and it probably extended his bow hunting season another 10 years for sure. him. I mean, he's gotten a lot of use out of that crossbow, yeah. That's one issue that you mentioned. What else is going on that we should be paying attention to on both sides of the river? Uh-huh. And that came really, really close to passage. It did not pass. I've had a number of people call me at the office and say, hey, did that pass? And it did not. One reason it didn't is because there were some amendments from some state senators who wanted to make their counties ineligible so they would have to remain shotgun only, uh-huh. uh, which, you know, th- that sounds like a complete enforcement nightmare. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got one county that, that allows rifles and one doesn't. So I think that's what killed it. Uh, an issue that I think we... I know we are talking about this Asian carp thing on the Mississippi River. They're working their way up. Just in the past week, I've heard more stories about silver carp jumping right below Lock and Dam 5 there at Winona, where there was talk in the legislature of trying to use some of our huge budget surplus to build a barrier, an acoustic barrier, to stop carp from advancing upstream. 
it's really starting to feel like it's it's almost too late that these these silver carp are advancing very quickly and it seems like the high water this spring allowed them to advance even farther uh, I, I don't know if you're hearing that too dan but there's a lot of silver carp working our way up the mighty mississippi we did talk with jordan weeks who's a biologist on the river here on the wisconsin side a few weeks ago and he indicated that I think it was a Minnesota crew that had found more, both silver and big heads. I think the big question is, are they spawning or will they be able to spawn? Because if they're just adults that use high water to advance their position there, but not really thrive and spawn, then it, it's less of an issue. But I guess that's to be determined yet. Yeah, it, it sure seems like in the past couple of years, all of a sudden they're getting close to critical mass. Uh, now, you know, that said, I talked to a commercial fisherman down at Perdachine a couple months ago who said, you know, he remembers catching them during the high waters of that, was it the 93 flood, oh. all the way up there, uh, and then they kind of disappeared for a while, um, but he, the other thing he said was, we don't want them. He said, they're a mess, they destroy everything. I mean, all the pictures you see these, again, they're just, in the boats, they're just a nasty, bloody mess. Yeah. Whatever we can do to stop them, I think we should be doing it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I have uh, actually bow fished for them and been out with biologists on the Illinois River uh, near Peoria. And like you say, it's something you don't really want to deal with if you can possibly avoid it. Well, Rob, we've got to take a break here. Can you stay with us and we'll talk about the website and podcasts in just a minute? Without question. Happy to stick around, Dan. All right. Folks, I'm talking with Rob Dreeslein, managing editor of the Outdoor News Publications and host of Outdoor News Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this. I'm Dan Small. You're listening to Outdoors Radio. Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rods is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. 
flow trailers where the rubber meets the road. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Rob Dreesline. He's the host of Outdoor News Radio on the Minnesota side of the river and the managing editor of the Outdoor News Publications. And Rob, we've been talking about the publications, but let's get to the show that you produce every week and the podcast a little bit. So tell us about Outdoor News Radio. Yeah, we've been doing the podcast radio show for about 10 years. I did a live show on a local station up here in the Twin Cities for a number of years. And then it just started to conflict with the fact that I was a young father. So I moved on from that, and I said, you know what, why don't I, we create our own show? And so Tim Lesmeister, a mutual friend of ours, he and I built it together. And then, as you know, Tim's traveling a lot, so now I, it's mostly my show, although he pops in to be a guest quite frequently. It's, it's available at OutdoorNews.com. It's an hour in length. We usually get three or four guests, similar to yours, and we talk about a lot of the same sorts of issues, you know, with an emphasis on Minnesota, but we broach a lot of national topics, too. We talked a lot about this recent Supreme Court ruling in the Clean Water Act here the past couple of weeks. I also do a two-minute daily short program that is on a bunch of stations in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Some of your listeners may have bumped into that, and so it's available on radio stations, but if you if you can't get on a radio station, like you said, just go to OutdoorNews.com. Bottom of the homepage, you can click and access all that content right there. How do you find time to do all of that? And you're still running a business that is producing seven newspapers as well. My goodness. Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. I I've done it a long time. I know how to cruise through it fairly quickly. And it's a labor of love as part of it. I really enjoy radio. I had a girlfriend down at Madison who said, you, you've got a great radio voice, Rob. You should, you should be involved in radio. And yeah. So, you know, it's it's not a great money maker, but I view it as a good marketing tool for outdoor news for our brand. You know, it's 5% of the job, but it's that 5% you really love where you're talking with guests about important issues of the day. And then, Dan, I, if folks are in the Twin Cities or in Minnesota, we, we have a live show that I do at 5 p.m., on Sundays on WCCO, the big AM uh, signal here in Minnesota, where we it's the same sort of show, but that is live. And live radio, that's a, that's a little different animal. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is, and uh, radio is fun. I, I enjoy it myself, and people ask me, you know, when are you going to retire? I'm uh, just about the age of your dad, I guess, and Glenn Meyer, who retired a couple of years ago. And I say, well, as long as they can wheel me in front of a microphone, I can still do radio. <laughs> As long as I can be as long as I can be coherent, and most of the time we both are, fortunately. Let's talk about the website. So, how did you upgrade it or revamp it? What's new on OutdoorNews.com? Wow, you'd be surprised what it takes to revamp a website. When myself and and uh, my co-owner here at Outdoor News bought the place 19 months ago, that really was the biggest thing that we viewed as our immediate goal. What we were doing at OutdoorNews.com prior to the revamp is just posting some content, some blogs, giving folks a little bit of a taste of what Outdoor News is about, and then using the website to try to get people to buy a print subscription to Outdoor News. And immediately myself and the new co-owner, Ryan Hinkie, said, people want 
want digital content. Some still want print, and we're happy to keep delivering print, but we got a whole subset or a mass, maybe a majority of the people out there now who want their content digitally. And so we said we need to put all our content on our website, behind a paywall, and if people want to read it digitally, they can do that. Well, getting from that point to where we are now took about 13 months. It was a big deal because we had to totally resync our circulation software so that it could, it could basically talk to the website. I'm getting into the weeds here a little bit. My point is it, it, <laughs> it was easier said than done. Uh -huh. But our admin team really worked hard, and we pulled it off. And so we unveiled the new website in February. And basically, all of the print content in Outdoor News is now on that website. So if there's anything you want to read in Outdoor News, you can access it right now as we speak on the website. You're going to hit a paywall. Now, I'm sorry to your listeners out there, but I work very hard to create that content. I can't just give it away. Now, I can sell it cheaper on the website than I can in print because I don't have to pay the U.S. Postal Service and I don't have to pay a print vendor anymore. Right. I, I can put it right on the website. So you can access that information cheaper than you can print-wise, but I do need people to pay a nominal fee to access all this great content that my staff generates. So we're very proud of the website. We're not standing still. We're looking at it again this week. What are some things we can tweak and improve? But check it out. It's very simple, outdoornews.com. There is some free content, the radio, the podcast that we've been talking about. You can access that for free. Occasionally, we post some other stories for free to let people you know, come in and, and enjoy a story or two and check it out. But then, yeah, you are going to hit a paywall if you want to get all of the all the content that we have here at Outdoor News. And that's pretty common nowadays, I think. My TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, was free on milwaukeepbs.org for years. And then they put up a paywall, which is nominal. I think it's 35 bucks a year. And I don't know if people are complaining to Milwaukee PBS, but nobody's complained to me And when they ask, how can I watch a show from 10 years ago or whatever. So I think people are used to paying for services now if they're worth the money, you know, and that's, I think that's the bottom line is if it's worth it, I'll pay for it. Yeah. Let's talk about the other podcasts now. Your show, my show, and then a couple of other podcasts are available as well. Yeah, we're trying to provide content that kind of syncs with our values here at Outdoor News. Uh, we're working with Mark Norquist and Martin Carnivore to, to get his content posted, uh, talking with uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, TRCP, some of the conservation groups out there, Pheasants Forever, that we've got strong relationships with to uh, create a you know a stronger podcasting page so folks can you know, just visit one page and have access to a lot of different chatter. You know, podcasting, it's different than, <laughs> than live radio. I mean, occasionally I'll have a guest on live radio who wants to drone on and on because they're so used to podcasting. You know, some of these podcasts go on for hours. It's like, no, this is a live segment. We got we got eight, nine minutes to right. tell our story here. It's a, it's a little different vibe, but the longer format is fun, too. It can be a little more freewheeling, and there's a lot of, a lot of good chatter on the website podcast-wise that I think people are going to enjoy. And Dan Ladd, your New York editor, also has a podcast there. You bet. Yeah, we're trying to do that in all, all of our traditional states that we're in. I'm working on our Michigan guy to uh, get him to generate a you know, fairly frequent podcast. But Dan Ladd has come on real strong with his. If, if anybody's got any interest in upstate New York or, or New York State in general, that the hunting and fishing opportunities out there, check that out. Dan's got a great radio voice. I've had him cut a couple commercials for me. It's like, wow, Dan, you're a natural at this. We need to use you more. And he does a good job with the print publication. I actually get the New York and Pennsylvania outdoor news in print because 
I used to live in New York and used to hunt and fish in Pennsylvania as well. And so I find it very interesting to follow what's going on in, you know, my old stomping ground, but also compare and contrast some of the issues like crossbows in Pennsylvania Sunday hunting still in New York, the age, age limits for getting started in hunting and there are other issues, and I think one of the issues that really hits me is you mentioned some people thought that print was for old-timers who can't do digital stuff. Well, I think the letters to the editor section is for that group. At least in New York and Pennsylvania, there's so much grousing about what the legislature is or isn't doing and what the Natural Resources Agency is or isn't doing. And It's great to have a sounding board, but... It's interesting to to hear or to read what that segment or what those folks have on top of their mind. Yeah, like the Sunday hunting thing in, in Pennsylvania just never goes away. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing how people grouse about that and go on and on. And, and yeah, the letters to the editor and all our publications always has been a really good sounding board for discussing and debating outdoor topics. And, you know, we've seen a lot of that, of course, go online with Facebook and uh, Twitter. That's where a lot of public discourse is is occurring these days. Uh, And and we have real active social media feeds so that we can participate in that also. So that's another thing I would encourage folks to do. We've got active Facebook pages in all the states we're in where some of that chatter that used to occur in the letters to the editor, well, now it's occurring in real time on social media. It is. Well, Rob, we've got to wrap this up. We could talk for hours. <laughs> and we've got a half hour going here, so you've helped me actually add good content to this week's show. Not that we are lacking it most of the time, but I appreciate your time. And uh, keep up the great work, and we will send folks to your website, or our website, because I'm part of that group. And hope people keep listening and keep reading. Well, a lot of fun catching up with you, Dan. Uh, I love Wisconsin. I've got a son who lives down in Madison again now, so I get back there quite a bit. Thanks for the time, and I uh, encourage folks to check out OutdoorNews.com. Very good. Well, thank you, Rob. We will keep in touch, and we'll have you on with another interview in, in a couple of months, sometime this summer. I know it's scheduled. So, Perfect. All right. Rob Dreesline, the host of Outdoor News Radio and managing editor of all seven outdoor news publications. As he mentioned, OutdoorNews.com is where you can find out about everything we've talked about and more. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com.
Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rod's is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And the folks at Cedar Lake Sales are at Walleye Weekend in Fond du Lac this weekend. They're offering free rides in Cayman and Yarcraft boats on both days, Saturday and Sunday. And Crestliner just announced year-end clearance instant cashback rebates of up to $5,000 going on through June 30th. There's no better time to buy a new boat, so check the Cedar Lake Sales website or Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and of Duck Hunters Everywhere, ducks.org. And we're brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. If our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, isn't airing where you live, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And, of course, you can watch last year's Deer Hunt Wisconsin show on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And if you missed anything we mentioned on this week's show or want to hear it again, you can always listen online at lake-link.com slash radio. You can also find our show as a podcast on the new Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com. Find Jeff on social media at Hardwater Jeff, and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'll be hosting a group to Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods. The dates are September 11 through 15. We'll spend four nights on Black Island and enjoy three days of guided fishing. And all meals and bait and boats and guide service is provided. So check it out online at blackisland.com. We've got room for a few more guests if you're interested, but you better check soon. Blackisland.com. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. His next concert is June 21st at the Bayfield Maritime Museum. The show starts at 5.30 p.m. For details and more upcoming events, visit warrennelson.com and click on the media page. I'm Dan Small. We'll catch up with Jeff Kelm on the road to Lake Erie next week. But you get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg. When the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you 
gets a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. 